God's good. Amen. Woo. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's start this right. Turn to somebody, slap and five. Say, I'm so glad you're a listener. Amen. So do we have listeners here today? All right. We're going to start in John chapter 12. Is that right? John 12. John 14, I'm sorry. John 14, verse 12. There we go. John 14. Praise the Lord. We have, over the last few weeks here especially, um, actually it's been probably a little while longer than that, we've been talking about a disciplined life because, uh, quite frankly, um, you know, we're dealing with being overcomers. And we've done that through the whole year. And here we are toward the end of December, still talking about overcoming, still talking about, praise God, what it takes to walk as an overcomer and be the overcomer we're called to be. Amen. And so uh, what we've been doing is talking about a disciplined life and what it takes. Because, you know, quite frankly, if we're not going to stay disciplined in some things, there's a lot of areas that are just going to constantly dog your tracks all the time because you got to stay disciplined about some things. Amen. And so what we've been uh, over the last few weeks is talking about being disciplined in the area of being attentive and hearing God and following God. Amen. In the little things. Come on, somebody. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. All right. So, um, so let's go ahead and read again verse uh, 12 of John 14. And we'll kind of read down through a few verses of this. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. How many believers in the house? Yes. So you believe in Jesus? All right, so how many, uh, it says here, if he who believes in me, okay, then it says the works, amen, the actions, the deeds, amen, that I do, it says he will do also. Who will do? The believer, right? Somebody that believes in him, right? Let's, let's, let's clarify that. I better, I better do that because it's those that believe in him. Just thought I'd throw that out there because that's going to come in here in a little bit, all right? Um, because we have a lot of, lot of believers as far as have accepted Christ. We've got a lot of people who have been born again. But he's referring to those, you're going to believe in me. In other words, are you going to, you're going to trust me? I said, if you're going to trust me, because it's one thing to say, you know, you're born again. It's another thing to actually trust him. I'll try this side. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It could be a huge difference. It could be a, there could be a gulf between the two of those things. And, uh, and, and, and before we're done today, you're going to see what I'm talking about with this. All right? So we gotta, we're going to have to believe and trust in Him, right? And the works, He says, that I do, you will do also. And then it says, even greater works than these He will do, okay, because I go to my Father. Okay? Everybody say, because. because. All right? Because I go to my Father. Verse 13, please. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So God gets glory, amen, when things are getting handled. Can I hear a big amen? All right, verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it, right? That's a good promise. I said that's a good promise. Have you ever just sometimes just, you know, police yourself on your faith? Let me say it again. Catch yourself in unbelief, in doubt, because it says that, you know, if you ask, you'll receive. If you ask anything, it'll be done. So that's a good promise from him. And he goes on to say, if you love me, man, if you got love for me, 
then keep my commandments. All right, I'll come back to that verse in a minute. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. Amen. Why? Well, so He can abide with you forever. And He explains who the helper is. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Well, why can't the world receive? Well, because they neither see Him nor know Him. But you know Him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. The helper. Right? Come on. And I will not leave you orphans. Okay? Orphanos is the Greek word where we get our word orphan. But it means fatherless or parentless. But literally it means helpless or comfortless. So in other words, the comforter is there so you can never be without comfort. The helper is there so you can never be without help. Still with me? So this one that will show you things to come and bring things to your remembrance, the Scripture says, is there so you have help. Show you things to come. Bring things to your remembrance. Amen. I have to use that once in a while. Come on, somebody. Amen. The Word says, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go so the Helper can come. So it gives you the advantage. So He's, you know, he's always going to leave you with the advantage. So you're never going to be without the advantage. So whatever situation you're coming into, you automatically have the advantage. Okay. I will not leave you orphans. I will... Come to you, and literally means to accompany you. Um, it means to uh, go or um, appear is also a word that, that's used in that uh, that word there. It's defined as, but it also refers to uh, to pass on something like uh, like bits of information, like a voice passing on information, passing on insight, passing on, amen, if you need a word to help you with whatever, he's, pass, he's there to pass that on to you. Okay, still with me? Okay, so back up to verse uh, 15, and I'm already taking longer on this than I wanted to, but verse 15, he says this, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, a lot of times, you know, you read that and you're thinking, you know, you know commandments in a sense like the Ten Commandments or something, and it's not, it's not that it's, it's not referring to that. But the word commandments here is actually the word commander utterances, okay? It means injunctions or orders. It means literally an authoritative prescription, okay? The formula or the remedy. So when he's, what it is is talking about uh, not so much about uh, taking this book and grabbing the list of all the commands and then trying to memorize all those commands so you make sure you do those commands, it's more about something being uttered and spoken to you. Now, don't walk away saying that you, you're not supposed to do this. Come on, somebody. But what happens is we read something like that, and we instantly start saying, okay, i got to go back and try to think of all the commands, because if I don't do all the commands, then, man, I'm in trouble. And that's not, what he's, that's not, that's not in the context of what's being said. Remember, the helper, the spirit, whom the world can't see and doesn't know, it can't, you know, you have him on the inside. You have the Spirit of God on the inside. Come on. Right. Even though you don't see the Spirit, the Spirit's there. Mm -hmm. right. And you know the Spirit of God, the helper, 
Amen. So the point being made is God is trying to lead you on a daily basis, walk you through things. And he says, if you will just, if you will just listen, if you love me, if you trust me, then follow my leadings. Follow my biddings. Life gets a lot easier when you follow God on a day-to-day basis. If your life in God is just about, you know, a, a list of do's and don'ts, then it's going to get pretty complicated quick. But if it's about literally being attentive and just letting God walk you through your day, it gets a lot easier. All right. The Spirit is there to help. God's always, always been trying to help His people. Always. From the very get-go. Old covenant, new covenant, doesn't matter. He's always been trying to lead. Now, the cool thing about the new covenant is now the Spirit of God can come and reside on the inside. Come on. And that's, that's one of the big benefits of the new covenant. So let's, we're going to we're gonna come back to the new covenant here. But we're going to go first to the old covenant, to Proverbs chapter 1. Let's go to Proverbs 1. And um, talk some more about this being led by God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. What do you want to do here? Everybody say the works of Jesus. Now, um, the last probably three weeks, I guess it's been, we've been using that text. And, um, you know, when we start thinking about the works, we have a tendency just to kind of lean toward signs, wonders, and miracles. Okay, now it doesn't exclude it by any means. It very much includes it. But what I'm trying to bring across to everybody, when he says the works that I do, think about all the, think about the direction he got at times, the leadings to go, to do, what to say, how to say it, who to minister to, who not to minister to. All that came, that's, that's part of those, those deeds and actions that he's trying to lead you in. Sometimes we get overwhelmed because we're trying to do everything instead of just be led. Okay, And sometimes we get overwhelmed because we don't follow. Are you still with me? Okay. So I just keep that in mind when we're talking about this. Uh, verse 20. Um, whew, all right. We're, this is going to work. Amen? Proverbs 1, verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. Now, wisdom is called the spirit of wisdom here. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief uh, concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. In other words, wisdom is always out there trying to talk. Wisdom is always out there trying to lead. Wisdom is always out there, amen, trying to help somebody. That's kind of the implication. How long, you simple ones, and literally just means naive, okay? So this is more about, more kind of using the area of naive, okay? Uh, somebody that's naive here. Uh, how long will you lie, love uh, simplicity or na- naivety? Am I saying that right? Naivety? Sounds right. Okay, but that's, that's actually, in fact, your cross-references might say that. It says, for scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Okay, that's a key here. Okay, so the whole time, wisdom's trying to help, but the fool ain't going to receive it. So, it goes on, 
He said, turn at my rebuke. Have you ever been rebuked? Have you ever been disciplined about something or been corrected about something? That's kind of what it means. Have you ever had God correct you? Did you listen? Sometimes that correction will save your bacon. If you just listen and follow it. Sometimes the problem you're having is an issue that needs to be corrected. Now, nobody likes to be corrected. Nobody gets up in the morning and goes, man, I sure hope God corrects me today. <laughs> nobody thinks that way. But when you're going along and doing and, and being and functioning and trying to live life and go down the road, you know, every now and then, it, it, you know, God says, uh, what are you doing? And why are you doing it? Okay. Now, you know, it's there to help you. Okay. But when you ignore it, then... Uh, according to what we're going to find out today, you're being foolish. Are you still with me? Surely I will pour out my spirit on you, and I will make my words known to you, because I have called and you refused. Look at this. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Come on. Because you disdained all my counsel, my advice, come on, my plan, and would have none of my rebuke, my correct. See, the whole time he's trying to get words, information, come on, leading, trying to show you, walk you through things. And in context, this is an individual that just won't take it. But then it says, I will laugh at your calamity and I will mock when your terror comes. Now that sounds pretty harsh, you think. But the word laugh actually means to uh, shake the head and to sigh out loud. <sighs> Have you ever done that? <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> it's like, you did what? <sighs> I will mock when your terror comes. The word mock here means to deride, uh, sarcastic humor. Uh, um, uh, satiric uh, remarks, uh, witty ridicule. So it's like it's like when somebody doesn't, then you go, "You did what? Why did you do that?" See, that's it's a little bit of sarcastic kind of. Come on, now, not that God's a, into sarcasm, but it's just that sometimes it's like well, the idea is wisdom is trying to lead, and you keep rejecting, you keep refusing. It tries to walk you through this, and you keep rejecting, and you keep refusing. <sighs> Why are you keep doing this? Are you getting the point? That's what's going on right here. Okay. So, all right. When your terror comes like a storm. Everybody say, storm's coming. When distress and anger, pardon me, uh, let's see. When terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. Okay, the word destruction means complete ruin. Begins to, it comes in like a whirlwind. Now, this is all key for what we're talking about today. When distress and anguish come upon you, okay, you feel squeezed here. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. And they will seek me diligently, and that literally just means early, but they will not find me. Now, if we look at that verse, we think, God, I don't sound, uh, uh, what? He says, verse 29, because, 
because they hated knowledge. Every time I tried to give them some help, they'd reject it. And they did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now, just for whatever it's worth, you have to understand the fear of the Lord is defined. You know, a lot of times when you look at the word itself, talking about all respect or uh, honor kind of a deal. But, but Scripture defines the fear of the Lord as doing what he, what he tells you to do. The fear of the Lord breaks down to simply just follow him when he leads you. But when you won't follow, then he says you have no fear of the Lord. See, somebody says, well, I, I walk in the fear of the Lord. Well, what, what determines whether you walk in the fear of the Lord? If you keep rejecting every time he gives you a bidding and a prompting, there's no fear of the Lord there. I'm not taking away your salvation. Am I being too hard today or something? Everybody, all right. We're not taking away your salvation. You got, you got fire insurance. But as we've been talking about over the last few weeks, you know, what do you want to walk in, the blessing or the curse? What do you want to walk in, abundant life or not? What do you want to walk in, you know, days like heaven on earth? Or like hell on earth. Now you're still going to heaven, but why would you want to live like hell on earth till you get there? And so that's why wisdom, and you know, getting the new covenant, why the Spirit of God is wondering, how can you keep rejecting every time I talk to you? Every time I give you that witness, every time I give that leading. So now all of a sudden you're trying to call out to me, but you, you're, you won't ever follow when I really lead you. Listen, most of the time what happens, we have a, a, most people just want relief. They don't want results. So what happens, we don't want results or really don't want results because that would require change. Well, I don't want to change. I just want it fixed. I don't want to hear. I want to be heard. We have a society that's, that's a lot like that. And now I'm not just talking about the world. I'm talking about church. So the whole time the Spirit of God's trying to walk us through things, but we reject it, we reject it, we reject it. And then finally all hell breaks loose, and that's what's going on in this text. All hell breaks loose. The storm's rolled in. The whirlwind's tearing everything apart. And now we're trying to call out to God. But in all honesty, there's no heart that's ready to do any change. That's why he says that you're calling out, but you're not going to get no answer because, because you will constantly reject the wisdom that's trying to come to you. Still with me? All right. Now, let's move on here. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel, and they despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way. And be filled to the full with their own fancies. Now, I don't know that any of these verses I've read so far are really refrigerator verses. In other words, right now you may not feel totally edified. But you can't, you can't get to some of these other verses without reading through this. And some of that we're going you know, to look at here today. For the turning away of the simple or the naive will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Now, some translations say pro the prosperity of a fool will destroy them, but it just means that word complacency or prosperity there just means they put their security in their own strength, in their own abilities, in their own stuff, their own substance. And he says, and that, that's going to destroy you. If you're not going to put your, your faith in God, your trust in God, but only in your own substance or your own, uh, your own means, 
then you're, you're, it's not going to work out very good for you. That's what it means. But verse 33, whew, finally. But it, it just sums it up. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Now, is that good news or what? Okay, let's look at it again. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely. That word dwell there literally refers to it as a dwelling place, a place, okay, like a taking up a residence in something. Okay, dwelling in security, amen, a habitation of refuge it's referring to here, amen. Literally means to lodge without, without concern or care. In other words, life's pretty, pretty good, okay? Why? Because you're listening. And obviously in, the, in text it's dealing with, and you're giving heed to it, all right? And we'll be secure, okay, now my cross-reference is at ease, uh, but when you look it up, it just means like uh, peaceful or at rest, okay? So in other words, you're going to dwell safely and you're going to be secure at rest or at peace. Amen. Look at this. Without, everybody say without, without fear of evil. That's a promise. What's the contingency? Three of you. Let's try that one more time. This is not a trick question. What is the contingency here? Listening. And then follow it, right? That's, that's the implication. So he says, okay, there's rebukes, there's words, uh, my hand, my counsel uh, coming. Uh, but if you keep rejecting it, then life gets pretty bad pretty quick. The storms come. Here they come, and they destroy. They tear everything up. They mess everything up. Um, but if you will listen, you will dwell safely. Do we have that? All right. Let's go to the New Covenant. Let's go to, um, let's go to Matthew's account, chapter 7 here. <clears throat> and let's see, uh, Jesus, Jesus, the way Jesus words it. Okay. Um, let's read verse 21 on down through here. Now, how many believers in the house? Okay, how many love God? Okay. Now, do you mean that? Okay. Well, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who what? Does the will of my Father in heaven. Okay, verse 22. Now, we're going to, we're going to come back and we'll dissect this here in a minute. Many will say to me in that day, what day? Well, the day the pressure's on here is what it's referring to. Lord, Lord. In other words, you got the right, you got the right lingo down. Lord, Lord, have we... Plural, not prophesied in your, you know, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? I mean, how many know there's nothing wrong with that? But now he says, hey, did we not do that? But then verse 23 says, and then I will declare to them, in other words, a person talking, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now you read that and you think, whoo, just surface, that sounds pretty in your face. Well, it kind of is, but... It might have a little more meaning than you think it does. So then we're going to come back to that. So I'm going to leave you hanging on that. Verse, the next verse, amen. Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. Now anytime you see the word therefore, you've got to stop and see what it's there for. So verse 24 is referring to what he just got done saying. Okay? 
So now he gives an analogy, if I can say it that way. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man, amen, who what? To build his house, his dwelling, on the rock. Now one translation says, I think it's in Luke's account, it says, and he dug deep down to the rock, amen. And oh, the rain descended, and the floods came. Here comes the storm. Here comes the winds. And they blew and they beat on that house. And it did not fall. Why? Well, it was founded. It was grounded and it was founded. It had foundation. Come on. It was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Just like what we read out of Proverbs. He'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Everybody say built. built. He still built the house. Okay, anyway. The rain descended. Same, same storm. The rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew. And it beat on that house. Just like the other guy's house. But it had a little different ending. But it fell. And great was its fall. Now. Whew. Let's, uh, verses 24 through 27, just real quick, let's look at this before we go back up and dissect those other verses. What you see here is the story of two different individuals, okay? Uh, now, both individuals, we see in verse 24, we also see, I believe it's in verse 26 there, um, both individuals heard. Both of them had a knowing. They, they, uh, they knew what they should have done. You know, most of the time when I have a, uh, you know, and I say most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time when I have uh, a counseling session or I have to visit with somebody about something and they come to me and they say, well, this is going on, this is happening, and, and my life, uh, you know, feels like it's going down the toilet over here and this is happening. And so they get all done, they share everything, and then I say, uh, well, this is what, this is what you need to do, and, and, and usually they're going to apply, yeah, I know that. This is what that verse is talking about. Yeah, I know that, but I, I, know, I know I'm supposed to do that. Come on, now. Now, I'm trying, not trying to be rude or mean. I'm just, it's just, I just know that over the years, See, when he says that they heard, both people heard, you see, that person, that fool can't go around and say, well, he didn't tell me. Nobody told me. Nobody said I was supposed to build a foundation. No, 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 you knew what you were supposed to do. You just chose not to do it. Most of the time we have a witness on the inside. You got, you got an issue going on, and the Spirit of God said, let it go. Well, I don't want to let it go. Forgive. Uh-uh. They owe me. Financial dilemmas. You know, you should honor God with your tithe. <laughs> really, preacher? I ain't got enough to pay the bills now. Now you're talking about giving? Really? Really? Do you want to be in the house that's secure and safe? 
with no fear of evil. See, both, both parties have the storm. Even under the old covenant, both, the, the storms come, it rolled. It's just, it's just which house you want to live in. See, one guy's rocking out on the, out on the front porch, man. Watching the storm. Isn't it pretty? Hey, Ethel, come out here and look at this. This is amazing. And about the time Ethel walks outside, here goes neighbor Tom's house is going down the street. <laughs> if your name's Tom, I apologize. No, no harm. Yeah. <laughs> the point is, which house do you want to live in? All right. So both had a knowing. Amen. Both heard. So, so, so with that, this is just my, my, my thought on this. Uh, neither one have an excuse. Come on. Um, both build a house. We have that in this text. They both build a house. They were both busy doing something. See, even the person that's not building the foundation, they're still busy. You got those that are following God and listening and doing it, and they got those that are not, and they still got a life to live. They're still living. They still, you know, they, you know, they, you know, get married. They raise families. They, you know, they got jobs. They got things going on. So they're constantly doing and building. Come on. And on the outside, it looks, looks normal. Looks right. There's only one, only one contingency. Same with everything we've been talking the last few weeks. There's only one difference. One person is listening and doing. It's in the little things. It's not the big things. It's little things. Forgive. <laughs> right. Let it go. <laughs> right. A fool says in his heart, you know, the... the, the Psalms 14 and also Psalms 53, it says, a fool says in his heart, so within, okay, there is no God. Now, the word there is in that text is italicized, which means it's not in the text, which it isn't. If you look it up in the Hebrew, it's not. So literally it says this, a fool says in his heart, no, God. Now, most people, you know, they're not going to stand back and, and, and say, God, I refuse to do anything you laid me to do. Nobody's going mean, to, well, there might be some. Most people are not going to say that, but they will in here. So God's trying to lead, and uh-uh, not happening. Now it says a fool. So we have two individuals here. They both heard. They both built houses. They both had a storm. They both had an outcome because they both had a choice about whether they were going to build a foundation or not. And the difference was the one that did was considered wise and the one that didn't was considered foolish. Am I right? Now, I just, you have to say all this because whew, now we have to stop and see what it's all there for. Because I want to be in the house that, that's secure, that's, you know, my dwelling is safe and secure without fear of evil. 
I'd rather be the one rocking out on the porch. Come on, somebody. When the storm rolls in, instead of the one trying to find an oar. Okay, anyway, get your own picture. But All right. So let's back up here. Let's go to verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. All right. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Let's define it. Verse 21 again. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, all right, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, um, the word kingdom, basilia, which means rule, reign, or realm. Um, so, a lot of times people think, well, that's talking about going to heaven. That ain't talking about going to heaven. Okay? Now, the word heaven's in there. The word heaven itself, uh, oranos, okay? which means a place of eternal power. It means uh, an ageless, timeless, endless, limitless power. Okay? Now, Jesus said in chapter 3 that the kingdom of, kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's not referring to going to heaven. He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then even in the model prayer in chapter 6, he says that, you know, you pray that, you know, your kingdom come on earth, right, as it is in heaven. So we have to understand that when he's talking about this, he's not talking about, you know, going to heaven. Huh? There's a difference. Okay. Now, entering into his rule, his realm, his reign of limitless, endless, timeless, Come on, ageless resources. Everything's at your disposal. But not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into that. But only those who are willing to do, amen, the will of my Father who is in heaven. He clarifies it. So when he's giving a leading, a bidding, a prompting, and you keep refusing it. In fact, one translation, probably no, it's Luke's account says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I've asked you to do? Now, just for the record, the word Lord here, so, you know, he repeats it, Lord, Lord, right? Uh, Curios is the word, and it just means supremacy, supreme one, supreme in authority, even sometimes referred to as master, okay, when it's referred to. So what he's saying is this, why do you keep calling me supreme? Why do you call me master and you take some casual approach to what I'm saying to you? Now, are you getting the point? See, I'm not taking away your salvation. I ain't telling you you're going to hell. But why would you want to live like hell till you get there? So the difference, the contingency is whether or not we're going to hear and follow. John 10, as we found out a week or so ago, that the abundant life is contingent on hearing, following. Amen. So he's saying, listen, he said, listen, you want heaven's resource. You want to enter into that realm. You want to really, you want to enter into that covering? Then follow when I lead you. And, and you know, when you stop and you think the simple instructions that sometimes, you know, uh, you know, I've used a few of them. You know, how about, you know, just let it go. Lift them up in prayer. Help them out. 
Be compassionate. Be merciful here. Don't be critical. Don't be judgmental. It's getting awful quiet in this place. But it's simple stuff. There's nothing complicated about that. Well, you just don't understand. No, 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 you don't understand. Why do you keep calling him Lord? Lord won't do what he leads you to do. That's foolishness. Just forgiving, you'll be amazed at what you give God place. All of a sudden, you know, you start looking at the verse that said, you know, you forgive, you're forgiven. And what all it's talking about is you've stepped under a covering, the kingdom of heaven. You've stepped into a realm, a rule, a reign of God to allow God to do something now. But we're too busy wanting to do our own thing. And sometimes, you know, which is sarcastic, but sometimes we want to say, how's that working out for you? <laughs> he's trying to get involved. Every time the Spirit of God leads and guides, he's trying to get involved because he wants you to put the foundation in. Because your house is going to go down the stream when the storm comes because the storms are coming, man. They do. They just happen. Somebody says, well, I'd live on the coast, but it just rains so much. <laughs> That's how it is, you know. I love Hawaii, but it always rains. Or whatever. I've never been there, so I don't know. They tell me it does. Well, it's kind of how it works, I guess. Well, I don't want to live there because there's tornadoes. They're there. Now, you can take authority over these things. But they're around. And the same storm hit both houses. One remained secure, and one went down the river. One just fell apart. You still with me? So, whew. so when the leadings come, the biddings come, the promptings come, all he's saying, listen, just follow me. Well, Lord, um, verse uh, 22, you know, did we not, uh, you know, you know, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We've done many wonders in your name. He says, well, yeah, you go to the right church. You might be hanging out with the right people. But when it still comes down to it, it's you that needs to do when I lead you. All the way through. Let's see if I can come another rhyme here. But anyway. <laughs> Jesus walking with the boys one time, and they're all walking along. And, you know, hey, what's the rumors out there? Well, you know, some people say you're John the Baptist. You're one of the prophets of God, you know, doing signs. You're a great guy all the way around. He says, well, that's cool. But what do you think? Because when it really comes right down to it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I mean, that's great that that's being said or they're thinking this or thinking that, whatever. But when it really comes down to it, it, it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. What matters is what do you think? And he's saying the same thing. It really doesn't matter what everybody else does. What's matter is what are you doing 
It doesn't really matter what everybody else doesn't do. Come on, what matters is what you don't do. Come on, somebody. See what I'm saying? See, that's what he's trying to break it down. So he says, it's, it's you and me here. Okay, I'm trying to walk you through this thing. Verse 23, please. And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, whew, that just sounds like such a kick in the shins. So you got to kind of look at it and you got to define it, okay? Because then it goes and talks about the house, right? Guys building a house and what it, you know. So depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Okay, the word depart here. Let me give you a definition on that. Are you doing okay? Okay. Apple, it's two, actually two Greek words come together. Uh, apple, cheerio, okay. So it just, the word apple means off or away from, which is kind of what this, get this word depart, but uh, cheerio, which means a place of receiving or a place to receive. So when you make that, break that word down, depart, he's, he's talking about, literally, I, I never knew you, and so you've separated yourself from a place of receiving. You've separated yourself from, from the covering. You, just, just to make sure you know what you're talking about, you who practice lawlessness. Now, the word practice, um, it, 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 would, it would refer to any, just like somebody's practicing a sport, um, practicing you know, doing something, working on something, practicing, uh, you know, I guess we got, we got uh, a kid's program coming up here. And then in order for them to do their lines, they got to practice. Come on, right? So the word practice, it's, you, you kind of get that. So those who practice a thing called lawlessness. So in other words, the person that's practicing lawlessness have separated themselves from the place of receiving. Now you start looking it's no different than what he said in Proverbs 1. So you keep, you keep rejecting, you keep ignoring, because you don't feel like it, or because how you view something, or is anybody hearing me? Lawlessness, lawlessness let's define it. The best way to define lawlessness uh, is out of the Scriptures. Um, 1 John 3 and 4, it says this. It talks about, it compares sin and lawlessness as one, okay? Lawlessness is sin, sin is lawlessness, okay? Now, uh, James 4 defines um, sin literally as to know to do good and not to do it. Now, the reason that's important is because what that's referring to then is you already know what you should and shouldn't do. Therefore, the guy now doing, come on, he heard and he did. The next guy heard and he didn't because they knew what they were supposed to do. So the person, go back to, uh, uh, to verse, what is it, 23, is that what it is on that? Uh, uh, thank you, 7, Matthew 7, thank you. It says, so those who practice this lawlessness, in other words, you know what you should be doing, but you just, just don't really care. You're just going to do what you want to do. So then he goes back to this. He says, why do you call me Lord? Why are you calling me supreme when you don't, you don't have enough faith in me, enough trust in me, enough love for me to do when I lead you to do something? 
I mean, if I asked you to forgive, why wouldn't you just forgive? Because I'm asking you to. If I'm asking you to just honor, uh, you know, that part of the word, why wouldn't you just do that? Because I'm asking you to. And if you're going to call me Lord, then let me be Lord. So that you can not only get the benefits of your obedience, but you begin to build this this framework or this, uh, this foundational work that's going to keep you secure when all the pressures come on. It's part of your safety. And you look at this text, and that's, you know, it's, it's that simple. He says, the fool just doesn't want to do it. They practice this, and then they depart from all their covering. So now they're, they're still out, listen, they're still out there building. Living life. Put up another wall. Living life. Listen, we're talking to the church. I ain't talking to the world. Talking to the church. And we live a life no different than the world. And it looks like the world. I'm talking to the church. We're building. We put up trusses. Put on the sheeting. Put on the shingles. Put on the siding. We're just going. We're just living life. We get married, going along, having kids, got jobs, got things going on. whole time the Spirit of God is trying to talk to you about stuff. You're practicing lawlessness. Come on. And so all of a sudden, you know, you get it all, you think everything, life's great. I got a 401k. I can retire at, hopefully at age, you know, 65 or something, you know. And here comes a storm. And now we're trying to figure it out. We're crying out to God because we're in the middle of a storm. But you ain't got a heart to follow anything God leads. So you've stepped out from under a covering. And all it takes is enough, enough wind gusts. Enough water beating on the side of the house. And because it's on sand, that sand starts washing out. And pretty soon your house is creaking now a little more than it should be. And a little more, and a little more, and pretty soon, water's coming in, the house is tipping. I mean, I just, you know, and, and all of it was, was depend, or was, pardon me, was contingent on just following God along the way. And I've said this many a times, and I'm going to say it again. We all think when God talks, He's going, Durst thou knowest. I am asketh you if to go to Timoth, bucketh tooth. <laughs> In most cases, it has, you know, not that God wouldn't ask you to go there, uh, but I have found that it isn't those kind of things. It's just the little simple things about what you're doing with your moment. Because if you stop and you think about it, when you do what's in the moments, if you follow God in the little moments, then when some of the bigger things are 
happening, you're apt to hear and follow. I'd rather live in the house that's secure. Now, I live in a, a house that uh, the gentleman that built it, um, I think he built it for the millennium. Go up underneath and it's got this foundation that's like, it's like, you know, I'm thinking, man, got all this and the decks have got all this, you know, like, oh, man, just kind of went overboard with everything. But, hey, it's nice when you live in it. And so, you know, when the winds blow, and they have been lately, I'm rocking out. Not on the deck, but I'm kind of in my chair there in prayer. Come on, somebody. Listen to the winds blow, thinking it's good to be in a house with the foundation. Hallelujah. That simple. I think of uh, <clears throat> Jesus said, my uh, food, my sustenance is to do the will of him who sent me. In other words, everything I need is handled when I follow him. So, when Jesus said, I don't do anything, Unless I see the Father do it, I don't say anything. Unless I hear the Father say it. And then he turns around and says, the same works that I do shall you do also. Amen. And he's made your ear to hear and he's made your eye to see. So in other words, we have no excuses. So when the bidding and the prompting come, if you're going to call him Lord, let him be Lord. Trust him. Um, I don't know if it was a week ago or maybe two weeks now. Um, you know, we, uh, we look at uh, that the instructions are always, it's, 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 you know, there's simplicity in Christ. So there's, there's, it's simple. Okay, not, not naive, but simple. Okay. Now, simple. But yet, this thing can war with you. So even though it was a simple instruction, this thing here, because you know the circumstance, or at least you think you know the circumstance, or you know the way it was in the past, or you know what was said, or you know how you feel right now, or you know, come on, somebody. And the whole time, that's why he says, if you believe in me, you're going to trust in me. The same works that I do, you're going to do. Because you're going to have to trust me. Because sometimes it doesn't look right. And sometimes it doesn't seem right. And sometimes it doesn't sound right. And sometimes it doesn't even smell right. But he says, if you trust me, if you believe in me, and if you love me, 
when I give you an utterance, when I give you a bidding and a prompting, you'll recognize that and follow it. And the same things that I do, you're going to do. And we all want the signs, wonders, and miracles. But he says it's not just about the signs, wonders, and miracles only. It's about the little things you have to deal with, the people conflicts and the people issues and, and parenting and, and, and being married and, and, and having jobs and working in the public or with the public and, and, and you know, uh, paying your bill and doing all those things. He says, I want to lead you through all that. I want you to have a foundation. And I want you to live the abundant life you're called to. Is anybody else in agreement with that? Yeah. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, Abundant life sounds good to me. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. Thank you for a people, Lord, that have, have dug deep. Amen. Laying that, hallelujah, building that house on the rock, laying that foundation, that stem wall. Praise God. Father, we give you praise and glory for it. Thank you for a people, Lord, that choose to trust you, to honor you. They're not just calling you, Lord, but they believe it. And I give you praise for that. I thank you, Lord, for those that had an ear to hear it today, a heart to receive it. And, you know, I believe, too, even today, you open the eyes of our understanding on a few things. So I give you praise for that. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your counsel and your advice. Thank you, Lord, for even those rebukes that come once in a while. Thank you, Lord God, for direction and clarity. Thank you for ordering our steps. Thank you, Lord God, that we can end up in the right place at the right time, all the time, by following you. And for that, we give you praise. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.